Hey Dragons, welcome to episode 59 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. I am your host, Kenny Rotter. Today's episode is with Super Librarian and DumbbellsandDragons.com blogger Karen Young. And we decided to tackle a lot of comics that we are currently in love with that focus on female lead characters. The comics we go in-depth on are Saga, Paper Girls, and Rat Queens. So definitely pick those up at your local comic shop. Speaking of local comic shop, I gotta give a shout-out to... Uh, Tiffany over at the Perky Nerd, which is one of my local comic shops. She is having her one year anniversary party this Saturday, April 22nd. Um, so if you are in the Burbank, North Hollywood area, go ahead and this Saturday from 11 until 7, they are having their one year anniversary party over at the Perky Nerd. So I'm super excited about that. I'm going to show up there for at least a little bit. Other than that, in case you missed out on last week's episode, we are now a part of the Almost Better Podcast Network. I'm super excited to be a part of that. You guys can find some of the other shows such as One Track, Gamers, Press Continue Podcast, Almost Better Than Silence, and Almost Better Than Dragons, as well as one of my favorites, the Erie Canal Theater. So definitely go over to almostbetter.net. And take a listen to some of those other great, great shows. While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind asking a person or two to take a listen to the podcast, I really appreciate it. And a lot of you have actually been doing that, which is really exciting. We've gotten a surge in our downloads recently, so I'm really hoping that that trend continues. Thank you all so much for the support, and we will talk to you next week when we have... Christopher Cullen from WhedonCon on. So next week will be a very Joss Whedon-heavy episode. On that note, work out, nerd out. In the basement rolling dice, rolling dice, I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just four kicks. DM says you're gonna die, roll a D6. Alright, welcome back, Dragons, to another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Today, I have one of my favorite bloggers for DumbbellsandDragons.com and super librarian over at the St. Louis Public Library, Karen Young. How are you today? Hey, doing good. You are probably one of my guests that I have known the longest. We go over 10 years back. How are you? That's a really long time. It does not feel that long. I'm doing good. Yeah, back to the old computer lab. The computer lab at Arizona State. I I used to go in there and hang out with you. Yep, I got a lot of good reading done in that computer lab. Because <laughs> <laughs> I worked there. I was uh, sitting at the desk making sure nobody... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really know what my job was other than... Stole <laughs> copies. Exactly. There we go. Walked out, you know, with one of those big old desktop computers. <laughs> I know, right? And I remember there was one time when I was preparing for a class that I was uh, not student teaching, but TAing. Mm-hmm. And I had to scan 
thousands of pages of comic books because this is the days before you could everything get... was online. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh, those it... were the days. Yes, like early internet days. <laughs> oh man. And now I literally just before I got on a plane, I was on a plane this morning. I downloaded a comic book so I could read it on the plane. And it was just instantaneous. And I was like, where was this when I was trying to scan things? <laughs> what? Well, what did you read on the plane? Actually, I was reading 100 Bullets. Okay. One. Is that Colin Bunn? Mm-mm. No. As a rezo. As a... As a yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with, uh, with all the Z's in the name. Yes. <laughs> and really good. I'm... I... I read, like, the first couple issues back in the day and never really got into it. If people haven't figured out already, I don't like ongoing series, which is, we'll get into it because we're here today to talk about Paper Girls, Saga, Rat Queens, and everything else Image is doing, apparently. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I might try and sneak in a few other publishers, but Image is pretty consistently awesome, so. Yeah. So it was just, it's just, yeah, so I'm just now finishing up 100 Bullets, and or catching up on it, I should say, and it was amazing, at least the first volume, so now i got to go get volumes, I think there's five total, so. I is it go. is this series done at least? Yes. Okay. 100 Bullets, 100 Issues. So, yes. Anyways, so... We're also drinking right now, so that's we are. super fun. <laughs> what are you drinking? I have a lovely uh, Kona Brewing Pipeline Porter here, which I'm a big fan of, but is very difficult to find here in St. Louis. So when I can get it, I buy it. <laughs> Excellent. That's a good, that is a good philosophy. When you can get it, you should buy it. I am drinking Ballast Points Victory at Sea. It is also a porter. Ah. But with coffee and vanilla. Okay, the pipeline porter is with uh, Kona coffee, but no vanilla over here. Well, what's interesting about the Victory at Sea is it's a very, very, very dark porter. It's almost stout-like in nature, is what I'm going to call it. Uh, And they do, I actually missed it this year, but they do Victory Day, where they have... This is the base beer, and they essentially flavor it with anything you can imagine. Like, there's a peppermint one, a coconut one, an Oreo one, a peanut butter, (laughs) like, any flavor of this porter. And it's a really good base beer for them to experiment and have fun with. That sounds really similar. We have a local local microbrew here in St. Louis called Four Hands which I always want to call Four Peaks, which is back in Arizona. <laughs> oh, but um, Four Hands, do, they do a chocolate milk stout, and every uh, winter they'll do a variety pack. So this year it was gingerbread, s'mores, and peanut butter oh were my- the three varieties that they did, and they were delicious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, we need to have conversation because... <laughs> Yeah, we're supposed to be talking about comics, right? I know, right? <laughs> no, but I, I, I have beer trades with various people across the United States, and I need you to send me that, and I'll send you some local LA stuff. Awesome, St. Louis is a good beer town. <laughs> well, then maybe I'll need to come visit. 
Oh, see if there's a tough mutter there. I'll go run oh, a cool. tough mutter there. Nice. You can run one too. I I could. I could. <laughs> Give me some warning though. <laughs> Get ready for it. I've been in the gym one time this week. I didn't know if you were going to ask me your standard workout nerd out, so I was like, I got to get something in here. <laughs> Excellent. Well, then when we get to that question, um, no, you know what? Let's start with that question. What did you do to work out nerd out this week? Hey, I went to the gym one time this week. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. What was your nerd out? Oh. I have been reading a whole bunch of comics and trying to catch up on some comics here in preparation for this today. I have, I know that video doesn't work well on a podcast, but you can see my, uh, let's see. Oh you my see goodness. I've got here next to me. There's a mat, like <laughs> any comic Maybe book. Like nerd. a foot and a half of comics uh, piled up on my desk here. <laughs> yes. Any comic book nerd should be jealous of that stack right now. I'm not even joking. Oh, excellent. Well, let's, let's, who is your favorite superhero? Oof, that is a, can I do like a current favorite, not an all-time favorite? I feel like. Absolutely. As a librarian, when people ask me what my favorite book is, I'm like, how about like my favorite book that I read this week? Because (laughs) that's a much easier question for me to ask. So currently, I have to say my favorite superhero is The Unstoppable Wasp which only she only has three issues out currently, but she is just absolutely the best. So this is not the wasp from the Ant-Man movie. This is a new, a new iteration of the wasp for Marvel comics. And her name is Nadia. She was trained in the red room, kind of like a uh, uh, black widow, but she was uh, with a science focus and her dad is Hank Pym, but she is just the happiest person in the world. She is friends with Ms. Marvel but because she was raised in this, like, you know, Russian, Russian red room, whatever, um, she doesn't get any pop culture references. She mixes up Star Wars and Harry Potter, and she's just adorable and hilarious and just this great ray of sunshine. I like happy comics. I tend not to like the grim dark <laughs> oh, and the scale. So for this, uh, for this week, Unstoppable Wasp is, uh, is top of the pile for me. Okay. Now, in from the the wasp in the movie was also Hank Pym's daughter. Is this a different daughter or this does... is a different daughter? This is um from his. So okay, I also I read a lot of comics. I consider myself a casual comics fan. So if I get my continuity uh, wrong here, <laughs> it's okay. I... We'll just lose all of our listeners. That's cool. Know. That's cool. I get all the, <laughs> you can forward the hate mail to uh. <laughs> um so this is Hank Pym evidently was briefly married to a Russian I wanna say I think she's she's some sort of scientist. And she is kidnapped um like not exactly on their wedding night, but shortly thereafter. She happens to be pregnant. He's never met this daughter. She's never met her father. So it's, you know, little drama background. Um, but despite that, she is just so positive. And so exactly what I need right now. <laughs> well, that's good. I might have to start. I might have to catch up on that. And it's only three issues, so I don't have a well, lot to catch up on. Well, you might want to wait until the first trade comes out. I I have a similar issue with ongoing series in that I 
stop reading them for long periods of time and then don't remember what's going on and have to go back and pick it up again. So I have no idea how long this one's going to be around for, but wait for a trade at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, that's kind of my thing is I, trades are so much more just economical. I mean, I think everyone out there can agree it's easier to pay 12 bucks for six issues as opposed to four, five, six bucks an issue. Some of the, like, Batman the Dark Knight 3, the Master Race, $8 an issue. That's, there are trades that cost less than that. Yes. <laughs> no, the first issues of Saga and all of Image Comics. Mm-hmm. They the did, they started like that low, that low pricing, especially for number one issues and trades, I think, recently. Within the last few years. I, I don't know if it was Paper Girls or Rat Queens or something, but it was like six fifty for the first four or five issues. And I'm like I mean I'm 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 Even if you don't like it, you're not out that much money. <laughs> yeah. And I'm my problem is I'm suffering right now because I bought all the trades for all these series and then they went on hiatus and now they're just now publishing Again, releasing issues in March and April, and I'm gonna have to wait six months before the next trade volume comes out. So it's always a struggle. Ah, <laughs> oh, the struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I usually wait until a series like, you know, Sin City, Why the Last Man, or Hundred Bullets is done and complete before I start reading it, just because now I know. So yeah, I, I consider it a professional obligation that I have to keep on top of like the new things as they're current. So I, I, uh, I try my, I tend to be about a year behind everything because I like to wait for year end lists to come out and then read what's on the tops of those. Okay. But I've got, I, I recommend books for a living. I've got it. <laughs> I wish I wish I had the luxury to wait till everything was done. Now I'll, I'll do that with TV shows, but books got it. I got to stay on top of them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, oh god, and if we get into books, that's going to be a whole another couple worms, just because there's so much stuff I'm reading. Although, have you read the Miss Peregrine books? I've read the first one. I haven't read the sequels to it yet. Okay. Um, if you do, mm -hmm. we need to talk about it, because I had serious <laughs> issues. Like, it is one of the most... It, it it got a emotional reaction out of me, which I think is good for any sort of medium. Wasn't necessarily the best emotional reaction. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. I feel like I've heard mixed I really liked the first book, but I didn't feel that compulsion to go read the the follow up. So I often I'm very much a series starter. I'm very rarely a series finisher. Oh uh, see I am a obsessive compulsive completionist. <laughs> so like also the reason why like waiting a month for each issue of something to come out is a problem for me. But uh the second book is a lot better than the first. Okay, all right. Well, I will I will have to check it out on but, that recommendation. Yeah, but also the three books aren't three books. It is one story 
split into three parts. I don't know why it just wasn't released together. And the answer is money, obviously. Of course. Of course. So. And big books are intimidating. That'd be a big old book. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, and you know what? When I say this about my emotional reaction, I'm pretty sure that I had these same feelings about Harry Potter. Because there are so many times in that series where you're like, Harry, stop being an idiot. <laughs> Just listen to Hermione. Right? Ron, Hermione <laughs> likes you, bro. There, do you know how many hundreds of pages would have been cut out of that? <laughs> <laughs> if Ron and Harry just listened to Hermione? Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> Hermione tells the boys what to do. They ignore her. Then they realize she's right. And they win. Uh, and that brings me back to my love of Emma Watson. She's wonderful. <laughs> okay, but... Alright. Comics. Have, no, I have oh, one no. more question before we get into comics. If you could have any mundane superpower, what would it be? Help me out. Mundane in the sense... Mine would be... When I leave work, I know which lane on the freeway is going to get me home the fastest. I like that. How about... <laughs> the ability to... I just want to be a speed reader. <laughs> Not like speed, like not the flash... Just like I know, I know some people that they speed read, and it seems like a superhuman ability, but it's not. They they just read really fast. It's I know I, I could take some classes for that, but <laughs> I see them advertised all over the place. Right? No. Um. Um. You remember Pax, right? From college, Pax Whitmore. Yes, the name rings a bell. Okay. Well, he sped read. Speed red, speed red, speed red, speed red, red. speedily. <laughs> he read fast. Um, and the trick is, you read in chunks of three words at a time. That sounds really hard. <laughs> Your brain processes it. It's really weird. Anyways, I like that, and I wanted to read things faster, so I switched to audiobooks, and everyone knows I listen at double speed. See, I can't do... I I think I'm just destined to be a slow reader. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do need to give props to the guys uh, over at the Staying In podcast, which is a, a game podcast uh, in England. And they were talking about mundane superpowers, and I was like, that's a great question to ask. <laughs> so props to them. Thank you guys so much. For uh, for the inspiration for that question. All right, now let's talk comics, specifically yes. Image Comics, and specifically Paper Girls, Rat Queen Saga, Sex Criminals. Where do you want to start? You um guest <laughs> choice. The one that I've read most recently is Paper Girls, so let's start there. Ditto. All right. Um. I'm actually kind of really glad you chose to start here because <laughs> I loved Paper Girls 
which, if the people don't know, brief overview, uh, sci-fi comic book, four girls are on a paper route, and Karen, can you give me more of a synopsis? Yeah, this is, so one of the main criticisms I read of this book is that it's just too, like, wacko, bonkers sci-fi, and, but that's just the nature of it, because effectively it's like, there are tears in reality that things are coming through. So there's future tech, people from the future, monster-sized tardigrades, which are like those cute little uh, micro, like microscopic creatures. Um, but this one's like big enough to ride on. So there's just all this stuff coming through. There's also time travel going on. So like it starts out in the 1980s with these girls on their paper route, but then is it at the end of the first trade they get bounced into the future? Yes. Is that? Yeah. And the, yeah, so. The, well, no spoilers, I guess. I mean. That's techni- not. Technically yeah. three-day rule, but I was yeah. going to say who they run into. <laughs> oh, no, but, don't. That's a good, that's a good cliffhanger. Yes. And they, Brian K. Vaughn is the king of the cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, God, he's so good. Um, BKV can do no wrong. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, do you know if he's still writing this? Yeah, I think... Um, Is he still writing Saga as well? Yes. I want to say that Paper Girls, a new issue, came out on Wednesday. I could be wrong about that, but I think that... Um, there are hiatuses, of course, but I think I think that Paper Girls is coming out currently. I don't know if Saga's... I feel like Saga, they take a break after every trade comes out. Um, so Yes, Saga... Yeah. The volume seven is coming out in April or May. Okay. Uh, no, I take that back. It's April or June. And I know this because I have all of these new trades pre-ordered on Amazon. <laughs> um, and I don't have any pre-orders delivering in May. So it's April or June. So, not May. <laughs> not May. Uh, by the way, P.S. before we start. I also shop at my local comic book shops. Shout, <laughs> shout out to the Perky Nerd and shout out to Blast Off Comics. Uh, and I Mark, to, uh, can I give a St. Louis shout out to Star Clipper, which is like the best comics shop. Yeah. Not better than yours, of course, but Star Clipper is excellent. Everybody's comic shop is the best for themselves. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I love Harley and Tiffany over at those co- comic shops. They're such wonderful, such wonderful ladies, and they've always steered me in the right direction when it comes to comics. Okay, but Paper Girls. So, one of my favorite things about this comic is it's for girls. Because, and and I really thought about this, if it was four boys doing whatever this was, I'd be like, okay, it's Stranger Things, but they have a paper route. Exactly. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, the story is really intriguing, but the story of men, boys, males doing it has been told over and over again, and I'm interesting to see how these girls react and how right. they grow. Um, and maybe that's something new and novel for me, being a man, um, that I just haven't really experienced before. What are your thoughts? 
So I love, I love that it is for girls. The thing, you know, so often this is, you know, this is somewhat true in Stranger Things, though there are, there are a range of female characters on that show, but so often you get something where it's a bunch of dudes and one lady or a bunch of guys and one girl. And then the girl just gets to be the girl. So when you have a comic that has four girls in it, you have four types of women. So the representation matters, right? Like when there's one girl, she just gets to be the girl. That's like her first, her first, you know, defining characteristic. But in paper girls, you have the tomboy and you have the smart girl and you have the girl that has problems at home and you get all of these different characters because there are more characters available to be representing those things. So I love it. And I love, without spoiling it, um, some of the things you learn about the girls as as um, things are revealed. <laughs> yes, yes. And as, Down the road. <laughs> as the stories um, go forward, like, the characters are just really well developed and I just, part of me is like, why can't other, why can't people other than Brian Tavon George R. R. Martin and Joss Whedon write a good female. Well, I think there are other writers out there. I actually think there's a lot of women writers out there. <laughs> touche, touche. Male, male writers. Like, male writers, yes. Sure. I mean, sure. but yes, I mean, you got no, it. No, point taken. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's 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 really creative. I I put down the second trade really pissed off that I couldn't immediately buy the third trade. Um and mostly that's by design. I guess they end each trade, you know, with a cliffhanger so that I want to buy the next one. Well, BKV in particular, really. Oh yeah. <laughs> really, really does that in spades. It would be my dream to have him on this podcast and just be like, <laughs> and mostly I would probably just shout at him for Pride <laughs> of Baghdad and how it made me feel so sad. <laughs> <laughs> have you read Pride of Baghdad? I have read Pride of Baghdad. It's, it's, uh, if you don't like seeing bad things happen to animals, that is not a comic for you. <laughs> well, and so everyone knows it's about a Pride <sighs> of Lions in Baghdad. So all the characters for 90% of the comics are animals. And I I will not let my wife read the comic. I'm just straight up like no, this is not this is not for you. This is not for you. Not, this will not make you feel good about things. <laughs> yeah, this is not your cup of tea. Um what else can we say about Paper Girls? Unfortunately, like, I think both of us have only read 10 issues. Yeah, yeah, that's where, that's where I think that I ended with, I buy it in single issues, but I'm pretty sure that the last one that came out lines up with the last trade. Yeah. Um, I actually know it does because I've kept up on it and I was like, <laughs> oh, 
is there a new Paper Girls trade? And then my Harley was like, no, it's on hiatus for like six, seven months. And I was like, what? So yeah, the last issue was 10. I am, I am definitely curious to see where it is going because it is, there is not a lot of explanation that's happened thus far. <laughs> I know. And it's like, it's, I have so many questions and I want to see, I don't know if I want to see things wrapping up, but I definitely want to see things like kind of explained, like who are the characters that speak this weird language and mm-hmm. who can I trust and who's a good guy, who's a bad guy. Which and why does the future look like uh, Steve Jobs designed literally everything? Because <laughs> <laughs> he consulted on the comics. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, where where do you think things are going? I have no idea. No so idea. this is I typically don't care for time travel as a plot device, but it works for me in Paper Girls because I care about the characters so much. So yeah. as long as we've still got our four main Paper Girls, like I'll I'll stick with it. You I just hope. Oh, go ahead. I hope they don't. I'm trying to remember. It's been a bit since I read the last issue. They they don't get split up, do they? They're all still together. Are they split? I they don't. Are. Okay, hang on. I've got to. I need to go back and look at this again. <laughs> okay. Um. At some point in the ten issues, they were split up. But, uh, yes, okay. All right. I think I remember what I'm trying to avoid. Well, no. Giving, okay. Giving it's, it's not a big spoiler. They one were of them, split one up. One of them disappears. One of them disappears. So, at the, you know what? It's At the end of the ten issues, they do find their missing friend. Yes. That's yes. not a spoiler. All right, people? So right. Don't, don't send me hate mail. <laughs> um, no, they so they they they're reunited with the missing friend, and that's kind of where issue ten drops off, right? So, so I'd like to see them together for a bit. That's what I'd like to see. Yes, <laughs> their and their their interactions together are just great. And there's a character who, oh god, it's just she knows something about her future self. That she hasn't experienced yet. So I want to see how that plot device develops. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're just kind of like, what? It, it raises a lot of questions in my mind about what I would do in that situation if I knew I was going to have a thing. Knowing your future is dangerous. This is, I don't, yeah, I'm interested, I'm interested to see that too. That's usually one of my, I'll be interested to see how it resolves because that's often one of the things that I find annoying about time travel is when, uh, is the paradox of knowing that something's, anyway, I think I, I trust, I trust Brian Hibon. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's, let's dive into time travel a little bit because this has been on my mind a lot recently. And time travel, we obviously experience time linearly. Mm-hmm. But there's another theory that essentially time is like a circle. And everything that has happened happens inside this circle. 
So while we experience time linearly, something else is there experiencing it kind of all at the same time. And so when the doctor goes back in time and changes something, that was meant to happen, and there's an outside timeline that is kind of fitting through that. Okay. Where do you feel? Where do you fall on time travel? I... I... I see it as a plot device that is too often used to, um, in what I consider a lazy, <laughs> yeah, a lazy fashion. And that's, I can't, I trying to think of any examples off the top of my head here. Uh, oh, I, can give you I don't one. know. I also, I also, I just get, I think I like, I, I tend, I feel like time travel often falls under like the world building, um, kind of umbrella for like stories. So it's part, it, it needs to be explained how it works and it should be internally consistent and all these other bits. And I read for character typically. I like character and plot. And when time travel ends up in the plot, it just muddies, it muddies the water for me. So it's, it's more, I don't, I, I don't, I, I do like some time travel stories that are very strictly about time travel, but when it's one piece of a bigger kind of, um, kind of world, I guess I just have issues with it. I don't know. Yeah. I just time travel. Time travel's boring. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with you. And one of the biggest issues I have with time travel is and an example that maybe you know of, maybe you don't, but I think it illustrates your point completely, is the show Eureka. I have not watched that. Okay. So, sci-fi show. It was on sci-fi. Sci-fi. <laughs> um, and they had this huge storyline going with this giant thing in their basement of this facility, this government facility... And then third season, the two main characters are transported to essentially the past and an alternate dimension where this thing doesn't exist, and they never mention it again. <laughs> it was completely a show reboot. Like, for those out there watching... You can pick up Eureka season four and have not missed a thing. <laughs> yeah, that I think that falls under the uh, possibly lazy storytelling umbrella. I don't like to criticize something I haven't watched myself, but <laughs> no. And in, in my in my humble opinion, the series that has done time travel the best was obviously Back to the Future. It handled things. Everything was pretty much consistent in that in that those movies, and they're brilliant. And I love you, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and if you ever want to come on the podcast, I'd love to have you. No. Okay, so let's 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 remove ourselves from science fiction sure. and go move into rat queens. Okay, fantasy. <laughs> yes, which. In a lot of respects, it's very similar to Paper Girls. 
group of girls. With a lot going. more swears and drugs and sex. <laughs> uh, I would say, let's say hedonism. A little bit more hedonism. Oh my gosh. My uh, college uh, philosophy professor would be so impressed that I remembered that word. <laughs> hedonism. It's oh definitely applicable here. <laughs> but, okay, so Rat Queens, group of five women, different races, have all mm-hmm. come together, and they're essentially heroes for hire? Yeah, yeah. Can, do, of... can you give us a little bit more about that? You're the librarian. Sure. <laughs> So I actually, um, I pulled a quote here that I really liked. This comes from a writer at Book Riot who asked the question, what is Rat Queens? Rat Queens is a gender swapped Lord of the Rings if Tolkien had dropped F-bombs instead of Elven poetry. So I feel like that gives you like a really good overview. It's very uh, irreverent. Um, and it's definitely like high fantasy with a D&D edge kind of. So you've got the four... Is it four or five main characters? One is an elf, but she's also like very rockabilly. You've got a dwarf, but she's also a hipster. <laughs> You've got a human, and she's uh she's honestly she's my favorite. I love Dee. Um, she's an atheist, but her family comes from this cult of like kind of Cthulhu squid monster worshippers, so there's that going on. And then you have the, I don't know, she's, I forget what they call her, she's basically a hobbit, a hobbit or half halfling um, who is also a hippie and does a lot of drugs. <laughs> so those are like the four, those are the four main characters, and they all have their own strengths and abilities, but they are, this is my favorite thing about the series, like it's a really great i think just representation of like female friendship they're best friends they're totally different they don't all like the same things but they've got each other's backs my favorite parts are not necessarily when they're like out adventuring but like before and after when they're just kind of hanging out together like having a party or just talking and i just love i it's it's such a good series (laughs) the the scenes where it's the four of them in a tavern are brilliant and there's (laughs) And it's so great because there's just the first. I love this because the the atheist character whose family comes from this long line of gods knows <laughs> that the gods exist. She's mm-hmm. met them, mm-hmm. but she's like, "I don't believe in you," and I'm like, "I'm like." Okay, impressive. That takes balls. That takes balls. Like, I totally appreciate that. And, like, they are, like, one of them is modest and, you know, doesn't hook up and all this other stuff. And the others are like, we want sex, so let's go have sex. And there's no judgment. There's no stereotyping it's just you know you do what you do um which one is the hobbit character that you think the little she's the um okay betty the dwarf is the redhead yes yes that's so 
Violet, Violet's the dwarf. Yeah, I feel like such a jackass because I can't remember their names. <laughs> but that's because I read these comics a month ago, and there hasn't been a new tree. Um... So I know this one for sure because I talked to the gals at my comic shop about it. But the so they basically they're doing a soft reboot for Rat Queens, starting with a new issue number one, which came out on Wednesday of last week. So they're start they're kind of I don't know I haven't picked it up yet. Maybe I'll get around to that this week. But they're doing like a new issue one and starting. I, I I don't know, starting over in some way that comics like to start with new issue ones every other month, it seems like. <laughs> um, like oh, I don't, see, I don't understand because they didn't resolve anything. I know. So I'm wondering, I don't know what's there was. I feel like they took a long hiatus and I read some things online that um, the author was talking about. It was taking a break and then it would maybe come back as a web comic or it would maybe come back in some other format and then it looks like the soft reboot is kind of what they want but they've gone through they've gone through a lot of artists and I feel like they've gone through a lot of um, long breaks so I'm just glad it's still around yeah no that's really that's really kind of a bummer Maybe it wasn't getting the following it deserved. Maybe this podcast should have come out last year. <laughs> I don't know. But it was like, I read at night, and I literally went through two trades in one night. I was like, I need more. And the only reason I didn't read the third one that night is because I had to wait for Amazon to deliver it. Although I probably should have just gone to Tiffany or Harley and been like, hey, give me Rat Queens Volume 3. Um... That's really upsetting. I'm really bummed they're doing a reboot. So they might, I don't, they're calling it a soft reboot and maybe they're going to resolve everything from the end of trade three. I don't know. I, starting with number one to me indicates that they're going to go in a different direction. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. For sure, so um, you know what? I'm going to reach out to Curtis Weed. Maybe cool. on Twitter and maybe like he'll come on and we'll talk about uh, how amazing Rat Queens was. And why they're doing whatever it is they're doing. You never know. Um, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but God, that was so good. Like, um, who was the elf character who was also the demon? Do you remember the name? Mm. Tess? Is it Tess? No. Oh, from like the rival, the rival group of... Um, no, 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 no. Not the rival. Um, I'm going to try to show you a picture. And Hannah's character, we were talking about Hannah. Hannah was the name I couldn't remember. Um, she is not only an elf, but she's also a demon, which has ostracized her from the elven people and just kind of makes, like, apparently everybody in this world is super afraid of demons. And it's like the whole group, everybody's an outsider kind of in their own way with D's the the atheist despite despite all of the uh the the meeting her gods. Yes. <laughs> and Betty the um smidgen? Is that what they call I think it's she's a smidgen. smidgen. I think that's what they call her. Yeah. Um she's a lesbian. And then what is oh um the dwarf 
Violet. She, she cuts her beard. her beard off, which is like not not something a good dwarf does. <laughs> yes, but also the fact that they're just blatantly like, here's women who grow facial hair, and it's revered. I honestly think that this entire comic could be replaced um, not only with females, but with members of different minority groups. Um, and you could tell a very similar story, and the fact that they do it with females as opposed to males was incredibly refreshing. Um, and it really makes me happy that a majority of the comics I'm reading right now are female-led, aside from Old Man Logan. But, you know, he's a dude. So, um, female perspective. Give me a thought. Give, give me your thoughts. Um, I, again, with Rat Queens, one of my favorite things is the characters. Like, it's, I, like I said, I'm a character-driven story reader. That's really what I like. And they've, I think they've done just an outstanding job. Um, with the individual characters and also with showing the relationships between okay. them. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say something. Am I focusing too much on sex? By sex, I mean genitalia. I don't want to say gender, because gender is something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I mean, it's, a, I think that representation, like, representation matters, right? So yeah. it's important to see women in roles that were typically you know, inhabited by men. Like, the, the the Tolkien comparison is apt, right? Like, there's this group of adventurers going out, conquering, or, well, you know, delivering a ring to places. They're all dudes! You know, these are, yeah. these are like, kind of standard fantasy tropes and sci- you know, sci-fi is guilty of it, too, that it's usually a group of guys. So, it's nice to see that turned on its head and have you know, women, people of color, people, it just seeing, seeing people like yourself or different than yourself too. There's like this big, this is a big thing in kids literature, which is that people need to see mirrors and windows in what they read. So they need to see themselves reflected back at them and they need to see into other people's lives. Right. So as a female reader, Growing up, you know, I read a lot of fantasy and I read a lot of sci-fi. So I had a lot of windows, right? Looking in and seeing guys doing stuff. So as a young reader, I, it would have been great if there had been some mirrors there too. Seeing people like myself doing and accomplishing those same things. And that's not to say that readers aren't, you know intelligent people who can put themselves in any kind of shoes. I mean, we're talking about comics with, you know, time travel and demon elves and all that stuff. Yes, we're, we're stretching the imagination, right? But it's still, it's still nice to see people that you relate to. And I think one of my things... What's, what's enticing me the, the, the most about these comics is I'm a white middle class male. 
for the longest time, I've had mirrors, you know, like what you were saying, in front of me. And I've been able to see me portrayed as, you know, the superhero, the fantasy adventurer, the time traveler, you know. And it's so refreshing to me to get a different point of view. Yeah. And I was actually talking to some friends. Why can't I remember the film? Oh, Star Wars Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Latin character. Why can't I remember his name? Diego. Mm-hmm. Diego Di- Luna's character, yeah. Um, yeah, Diego Luna. Um, they never say what he is, you know, but it's very, he doesn't hide his accent. He doesn't play it as a white guy. He doesn't play it any other way than as himself. And while that was unique to my experience, I didn't think it was life-changing but i had a friend who's hispanic and he's like seeing him up there with his accent meant so much to him yeah all right let's move on to saga um also by the always amazing bkv yes and by the way people like I'm just on Amazon right now, and Saga Volume 6 is available for 8 bucks. Saga Volume 7, the newest one, is out for 11 Like, Paper Girls, 660, Volume 1. Saga Volume 5 is 9 bucks. You can get all these trades for under 10 bucks. Okay, that's not true. <laughs> Saga and Volume I, 4 is 12 bucks. I'm going to put in a plug here for your local public library where you can probably get a lot of these for free. These are all really popular series, and if your library carries any comics, I bet they carry these. And if they don't, you can recommend that they should, because they should. <laughs> for sure. Also, you can also get these comics on Overdrive from your public yes. library. Overdrive has an excellent image selection of titles, including, I think, everything we're talking about today. (laughs) It would not surprise me if it did. Yeah. Anyways. So, Saga. Um, This is probably the most fleshed out world that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, like, a very rich, like, sci-fi, space opera universe. And it's volume six, so let's say, on average, four issues. I think they're into, what, 30? That's 40. Let's see. 40. No, and the thing about Saga is I've actually spoken with, um, the some of the staff at Meltdown Comics, which is a very very well known comic shop out here in L.A. Um, if anyone knows uh, Nerdist podcast, the early episodes of that were recorded at Meltdown. Meltdown always has a bunch of awesome special events there. But 
apparently, from my knowledge, Brian K. Vaughn, first of all, like, you know how artists usually change? Artists and authors usually change every trade or every story arc. They have different people doing different story arcs. Yeah, I feel like that's less common at Image, but definitely, it's amazing that I think Fiona Staples is the only artist that's worked on Saga this whole time. Fiona Staples is the only artist. Yeah. BKV is the only writer. And according to the people at Meltdown, they only talk four or five times a year. Wow. Like, like <laughs> they, like Brian K. Vaughn will give her a call and say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking for the next arc. Like, these are my thoughts. This is my vision. And then Fiona does it and it happens. That's a really incredible working relationship, I think. That's like that they trust each other that much to not go back and forth constantly about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure maybe like when an issue is about to come out, like if he's like, okay, change X, Y, or Z. Maybe that happens, but, like, to only, to literally only talk a few times a year when you're doing this amazing concept, I just think that shows that Brian K. Vaughn knows these characters he's developed, and Fiona Staples knows these characters, and their knowledge of these characters is so similar. Yeah. That they can yeah. do that. Um, Freaking mind-blowing. And, and I... Go ahead. Fiona Staples' art is great. Like, it, I really, really love. I feel like the first trade of Saga came out how many years back now? So this is a while. It was... It wasn't really, like anything I'd seen or was reading at the time. I really like, like her work a lot. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Her art is wonderful. The way she's made these characters and it is a saga is a, would you call it a space age Romeo and Juliet, but with consenting adults? Yes. It's like star Wars meets Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> okay. See, I don't like using Romeo as Juliet as an example because everyone thinks Romeo and Juliet is one of the best romances of all time. And I'm like, no. <laughs> it shows how stupid children are. Because um, if you'll remember, they're like 11 and 13 in the Shakespeare's work. And the ending, slightly less than happy. <laughs> slightly less than happy. I appreciate that that's how you'll reference Romeo and Juliet. Um, Saga came out four and a half years ago, October 2012. Wow. But it's a very, that's a very apt comparison in this case, because it is literally the star-crossed lovers from warring families slash species. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they are star-crossed because one's on a moon and one's on a planet. <laughs> no. They were... It is... It is 
an adult version of Romeo and Juliet, let's say an appropriate version of Romeo and Juliet, uh, that is a great romance. And even seven issues in, there's a greater story that's slowly being revealed, which right. is what makes me so, like, I want to know more about what's happening in the background and what's happening to the main characters because I know at some point this is all going to come to a head. Yeah. And it's also a great, so Marco and Alana are the, the star-crossed lovers, but this series has so many great side characters too, just beyond the main two. And that's really, you know, a, an ill-fated romance, I feel like only has so much mileage you can get out of it. But the cast of characters in these books is so huge and they're all such great characters. Oh um, yeah. Lion Cat of course is <laughs> is okay, so Lion Cat <laughs> is a cat that can tell when you're lying. That's his name is Lion Cat. And just says one word, lying, whenever lying. someone around him is lying, which is just the best. But I really the um the brand and the will are two of my favorite side characters, and it's just outstanding. No, absolutely. And then the stock and all these, all the side characters are just wonderful. Even Marco's mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's, and, and it's how often do you see a great, strong upper middle age middle age woman character in anything ever <laughs> um i'm actually going to throw some love to to a movie that has gotten a lot of shade and justifiably so suicide squad uh i, Viola, I have not seen that yet Bad. that's fine <laughs> viola davis is, um, God, what's her name? Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller. And she is a upper middle aged woman who's just a badass. That's what I want more of. If there, yeah, if I, if I were in charge of everything, there would just be more badass middle aged ladies <laughs> <laughs> in, in the media I consume. Maybe I'm just consuming the wrong media. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, not consuming Suicide Squad. By the way, Oscar-winning Suicide Squad <laughs> um, is probably for the best. I also think that that is the only Oscar-nominated movie I saw this season. <laughs> so it is what you do with it, you know? Um, oh, Jesus. Oh, man. No. Uh, but Saga is just the character development. There's an entire race of species with TVs for heads. And like their I my favorite thing about that is their uh their like social caste structure is kind of either determined by or reflected by the type of TV they have as a head. Oh, so like yeah. the sleek, like modern looking TVs or you know, like the the ruling class and then the old like, you know, what is it? CRT. Cathode- yeah. Cathode Ray 2. <laughs> 
those are like, you know, those are the, the untouchables. It's really, it's, it's, it's a nice visual metaphor. <laughs> no, it's, it's really great. And there's like talking animals and violence and drug use and sex. And it's wonderful. And BKV, just never stop writing everything. Paper Girls is sci-fi. We've mm-hmm. got Rat Queens at Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Where do you, is, is Saga sci-fi fantasy? Where do you put, where do you put Saga? Yeah, I think there's, cause there's magic and stuff going on too. It's kind of, I feel like it's, I know, I don't like getting into like, well, this is real sci-fi and this is not, but, I feel like it's in the same family as Star Wars, right? Where you've got you've got like the advanced technology and you're going between planets and stuff, but there's also this unexplained magical kind of <laughs> element that- happening. Well, it's the the um the I forget the name of the species, but Marco's people, the horned the horned oh, uh, yeah. aliens, they use their their magic users. Okay, okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, tell me, internet, tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, God, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I know our buddy uh, BJ Keaton over at the Geek to Geek Cast and the Geek Cast Health Hacks podcast is going to have comments on this because as of last week, first week of March, he just got caught up with Volume Six. Nice. So he read all of them in like. Two weeks. So, way to go, Beige. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, oh my god, the comics are. Everyone, pick up Saga. Just pick up the first <laughs> issue. It's eight bucks. Eight dollars. You won't regret it. <laughs> you will not. Um, alright, so we have been speaking for over an hour. Wow. Comics. It, comics, comics, man. man. <laughs> um,. I will say, though, while I was reading 100 Bullets on uh, an airplane, every time I got to a scene where there was a uh, some nudity, I kept trying to tilt the phone away <laughs> from from the other people in my row. And I was like, oh, God, they're going to think I'm some weirdo. <laughs> so that was my experience today. Well, at least you weren't reading sex criminals on the plane. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, OMG, OMG. Um, we did not get a chance to talk about sex criminals, but everyone out there, um, if you enjoy magic sex, uh, I think that is exactly what it is. It's magic sex. Uh, pick up an pick up an issue of sex criminals. I'm very, like, really, really, literally good. magic sex. Magic sex. Not figure. Like. I don't know if that's a mundane superpower, bringing us full circle. <laughs> but I think that would be a great superpower if time froze yeah. every time I climaxed. Because <laughs> first of all, I would not leave for work until like two minutes before I was supposed to be there. And then the LA freeways would just open up for me. All right. Karen... Um, what parting advice, if any, do you have for everyone out there listening to the Dumbos and Dragons podcast? Although I feel that the advice should be read all these comics. Yes, I would say 
read all these comics, but also go out and pick something up, read something that you feel like isn't meant for you, right? So like if go read one of those things that's a window for you instead of a mirror. So if you're, you know, a straight white cis guy, cis go white read, male. yeah, go read something that, you know, maybe looks a little different than <laughs> than um, what you see in the mirror. Why can't I remember it? Isn't there's a new Middle Eastern female superhero? Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. Yes, go read Ms. Marvel. <laughs> it it's it's good stuff, man. Yeah. And or like, read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. That's about it's Marvel. It's about uh, a girl who is smarter than Tony Stark, but she is you know she's a preteen African American girl, and it's awesome. So yeah, go read something that looks different than what you see in the mirror. <laughs> I do. It's, you know, there nothing bad can happen from opening yourself up to a different point of view. Whether or not you agree or disagree with it, at least you'll have, at least you'll move towards where the other person is coming from. True. You know? All right. Um, we did want to get in a couple other recommendations. Obviously, we recommend Paper Girls, Rat Queens, and Saga. Karen, what are some other recommendations you have for everybody out there? I snuck a few in there at the end there. Like you said, Ms. Marvel, um, <laughs> <laughs> Moon Girl, the and Dinosaur is great. I'll, yeah, Unstoppable Wasp. Um, and let's see, I've got, that's a bunch of Marvel. We covered a bunch of Image. If you're a DC person, I just wrote an article for the blog um, on The Legend of Wonder Woman, which unfortunately has been canceled, but that is absolutely my favorite version of Wonder Woman that I think I've ever read. That's by Renee DeLiz and Ray Dillon. Check that out. How many um, issues of that are there? It is. So it was a digital first comic. So there's basically one hardcover book of it. It's called Legend of Wonder Woman Origins, and it is an origin story. Um but World War, it's set World War II, so I don't know. I, I'm also very excited about the movie coming out, but that's a different conversation for a different time. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see if I can get a few other ones in here quick. Um, I These are standalone graphic novels, so things that you don't have to worry about that um, serialized monster that neither of us here like Nimona <laughs> uh, by Noelle Stevenson is great. That's about it's fantasy. It's about a shape shifting uh, teen who kind of inserts herself as the apprentice slash assistant to the biggest supervillain in her fantasy world. It's hilarious. One of her favorite things to turn into is a shark. <laughs> nice. Um, I think that's that's it. That's a lot. I know. Go go yeah. to your library. Look on the shelves. Ask for recommendations. Go to your local library. Ask for recommendations. Go to your local comic shop. That's my other. That's my second piece of parting advice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, we need to do this more often. I would uh, love to. We should do a book club, like a comic book club. <laughs> oh my gosh! I just I uh, speaking of the perky nerd um, hashtag. I love you, Tiffany. <laughs> um, no, th every other Wednesday, there's a book club for comics with guys, 
uh, in Burbank, and it's called the Reading Rainbows. <laughs> and oh, that's good. <laughs> and I'm so excited! I can't go this Wednesday, but I'm gonna go next Wednesday, hopefully. And it's just so much fun. It's like you they give you one trade every two weeks. And and by give you, I mean you pay for it. <laughs> um, don't be cheap, y'all. <laughs> uh, no, so so you buy a trade every two weeks, and then you you meet up and you talk about it. And um, while they don't sell liquor, you're allowed to bring in booze. Nice. So it's like you can sit around with some bros, and I use that in the least hateful sense. Like I love my bros. Everybody's a bro. Girls can be bros, too. Um, and we talk about the comic we just read. And it's great. And it sounds wonderful. And I'm really excited to go to my first meeting. So, Tiffany, Reading Rainbows, love y'all. Um, I have no idea when this episode is going to air, so, uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, anyways, everybody, you know, thank you so much for listening. I... Catch everything on the show notes and catch Karen on the blog. Uh, she writes awesome shit. It's some of the most, some of the most socially active stuff we post. Whenever we share her stuff, it always gets a lot of great hits. So I'm assuming you're gonna like it as well. Aw, shucks. <laughs> and Brian K. Vaughn, if you're listening, my email is ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com if you'd like to come on the podcast. <laughs> and on that note everybody out there work out nerd out Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.